before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and Just like every other week, I am so darned excited to have the opportunity to spend a few minutes with you today. So thank you for inviting me into your home. Now, before we dive into today's discussion, I want to share a super neat quote with you. And it says, the best thing to hold on to in life is each other. Isn't that awesome? I think such beautiful words, and those were delivered to us by actress and humanitarian Audrey Hepburn. Now, in today's discussion, we are chatting it up with Maria Reith, and we are talking about Maria's journey to buying real estate using creative acquisition strategies. We're going to hear all about Maria's journey and what she's got coming up next. I cannot wait for you to meet her. And so without further ado, let's dive into my discussion with Maria. So today we are sitting down with my good friend, Maria. Maria, I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Stacy. I'm excited to be here and to share how easy it is to purchase and sell real estate through creative strategies. Yes, I am excited to have that convo. So first, before we dive in, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are located in the world. I am Maria Reith. I live in Dayton, Ohio, and I'm a real estate investor. I started with uh, long-term rentals back in 2001, and now we do short-term rentals and mid-term rentals as well. I love it. I love it. I know the story, but I want you to talk to our listeners about how you got into the world of real estate, because I think it's so super cool. uh, And I don't want to steal your thunder. So I'll let you share how you got into real estate. And then I'll I'll ask you some follow up questions from there. Yeah, so it's a pretty unusual story. My husband and I met in college. And um, He served for 20 years in the Air Force, so we're a military family, and we moved around the country, and uh, we counted, I think, um, for our youngest daughter, she had attended five schools by the time she was in fifth grade, so we were always on the move, and um, when I met my husband, we would go every Friday night to Barnes & Noble and read books, and one of the books that had just come out was rich dad, poor dad. And that book changed our lives. It completely changed our mindset. And we knew that we wanted to invest in real estate. Of course, you know, our trajectory was different. We needed to serve in the military. 
uh, we needed to move and we just weren't even sure how to make that happen. We decided to purchase a home as soon as we got to the first assignment where we could purchase. So we were in our early 20s. And then when we moved, we rented that home out and it was super rocky. We had the worst experience of renting the home out. So in 2006, I decided to get my real estate license. And with that, uh, to really get information about how to purchase real estate, how to be a good landlord so that we could apply the strategy over and over again. And then we started buying more and more properties. So every time we moved with the Air Force, we would buy a house and uh, we would live in the house and then we would rent it out and we would be remote landlords, which of course taught us a lot about being efficient and having a good team on the ground to help us with any kind of repair, anything that came up. And of course, figuring out how to deal with vacancies and solving challenges for others. One time we even bought a house so that we could have a family um, move in and live in the house for three years. They were coming into um, our city and we had a, a friend who wanted to sell a house. So we bought the house from them <laughs> and we rented it out to the family. So we knew, okay, for three years, we had great tenants and absolutely crazy, but that's what we did. And, and, okay. and, Hold on. and I have so many questions. <laughs> I just have to jump in here. Okay. So I want to ask you about that house, but first I really want to ask you about the Barnes and Noble date nights. Okay. <laughs> so I say this with all the love in the world. However, you probably heard this before, like how cool and not cool is it that in college, you're going to Barnes and Noble every Friday night, girl. You didn't do parties. You did Barnes and Noble. That is so fun. It, is, it is the ultimate cheap date night, Stacey. <laughs> That's why we did it. So, <laughs> so we, could, we could go, you know, at Barnes and Noble back in the day, you know, they had a nice area, like a little cafe. We could have coffee. We could read all the books we wanted to read so we didn't have to purchase them. And this was our time to just kind of read and read fun things, things that really interested us. And I was always interested in investing. And so when I saw that book, it just kind of opened up that new passion for let me find out more, let me read more. And so I would definitely say the next few years of, of Friday night, Barnes and Noble nights were all spent in that section of Barnes and Noble and trying to read everything I could. And, and yeah, we always had fun doing it. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Obviously, times have changed. I I listen to Audible all the time. I don't know if you listen to audio, audio books. Love Audible. And so the traditional brick and mortar stores, as far as bookstores go, aren't as prevalent as they used to be. But I did often wonder, like I would go in to buy a book and I would be like, what are all these people doing sitting around reading the books? Why don't they just buy them and take them home? Why are they here? Now I know. Because Stacy in college, we didn't have money to buy books. <laughs> We just had to consume the information and we didn't really have, you know, the internet back then, or it was very much in the very um, starting um, stages. So to get information, you really had to get it through books yeah. and either going to the library where they didn't have any of those new books, or um, you had to go to Barnes and Noble. And to us, Barnes and Noble was really that little 
lens into the world and to be able to give that for free and make it a nice, cozy Friday night um, date night, it was perfection. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Now let's fast forward a little bit to the house that you bought for somebody to live in for three years. So I want to back up. You Was this for a friend? Did I hear you say that? This was not a stranger. This was a family that you already knew, correct? So we bought it from a friend. So it was another military family who was getting ready to leave and they wanted to sell their house. So I knew that they were ready to sell. They hadn't listed it yet. And I had heard about this family coming in. So I contacted them and I did not know the family coming in, but got to know them very quickly. And they told me that, you know, they needed to stay for three years. They had kids, they had dogs. So they really needed someone who could help them set up a house that would allow them to have, you know, the dogs in the home. And it's usually challenging to do that. And it was a military dentist, you know, coming in to do the residency program, and then he was going to stay on. So we knew that he'd be there for about three years. And so we thought, let's just see if we can make it happen. We went and met with our friends um, who were selling the house. And on the way back, as we were driving home, we called um, our mortgage company and said, hey, we would like to buy this house. And um, as we were driving, we got approved for the mortgage and we got the loan and, and, and bought the house and they moved right in and they did stay for at least three years, maybe even four years. They were amazing tenants and kind of moved us along with, uh, with that home. And, and we still have that house to this day. It's been, it's been almost, well, more than 20 years at this point. How fun is that? I love it. I love it. Are you a business owner or manager aiming to scale your property portfolio? Well, we have got something exciting for you. Our friends over at Hostfully put together this brand new free ebook on that very topic. Hostfully is the go-to software that managers and business owners use to run their operations. So what does this have to do with your growth? Well, Hostfully sees how some of the fastest growing short-term rental operators succeed and over the last year have been compiling and distilling these strategies into actionable insights that anyone can implement. So whether you're currently managing a single property or a few, and if you want to scale, Hostfully's free ebook is tailored to your journey. I can't believe they lay it all out like this. Honestly, this is a resource I wish I would have had when I started my STR journey a few years back. So if you're ready to take your property management game to the next level, head over to www.hostfully.com slash sisterhood and download their ebook today. It is totally free. And on top of that, they're offering STR Sisterhood listeners a sweet deal on some of their software to help supercharge your growth. Don't miss out, my friends. Get the ebook and nab the deal while it's live by going to www.hostfully.com slash sisterhood. Okay, so Let's let's dive into when you discovered and how you discovered how to acquire properties creatively, which I think, by the way, you are the queen of. I love 
listening to you talk and sharing all the different ways that you have uh, built your little mini empire. I'm going to say Maria's mini empire here. I love it. Talk to us about how you discovered the world of creative acquisition strategies and what that looked like for you. Yeah, it took us a while to get there. So we were doing what, you know, I call traditional real estate for 10 years. We kept adding properties and managing them long-term is long-term rentals. And we got to the point where we maxed out the number of traditional mortgages we can get. If you know how that side works, you could have up to 10 mortgages per person. And at some point you exhaust that. And we just didn't know what to do next. We didn't know how we could expand our portfolio, but we knew we wanted to keep going. And it was really sudden, uh, you know, how we found out about it. We, um, we were in Ohio. I was taking classes. Now, I was already a realtor in Texas, but I was taking classes to become a realtor in Ohio because every time you move as a military spouse, um, you kind of have to um, get your license, get all set up. So um, in Ohio, I didn't have um, a license. So I had to go through all the education and classes to become a realtor. And um, it was just out of out of nowhere, the instructor is like, well, let me tell you a little bit about my story. And he shared his story with us, which was absolutely incredible. He told us how he bought hundreds of homes over his uh, th throughout his career. He had been a realtor for at least 30, 40 years at that point, a big time broker in the Columbus area. And he told us how he did it. He actually worked directly with the sellers and bought property from them. And also how he bought the properties in his retirement account. He bought them in his kids' college accounts, his, his health savings account. And I was like, what? Like, how is this happening? What is he talking about? This cannot be true. We had young kids at the time. So I was like, oh, this would be really, really cool if, if it would work. But, you know, we are super responsible. We, you know, we, we, my husband serves in the military. He is uh, definitely very risk averse. So, you know, I, I definitely knew that I couldn't share a strategy that was so out there. We, I knew that we had started our IRAs when we got our first job. So the first day in, in, in our first jobs after college, we got our IRAs as, as we were told to do. We started our kids 529s the day they were born, just like we were told to do. But we had no idea we could invest that money any other way than the stock market or mutual funds. And, you know, I had finished a business degree. I had an MBA. I knew a lot about finance. I had taken so many courses. And how was this possible? I had not heard anything about this in my MBA curriculum, nothing at all. Um, but I hadn't even heard of anyone else doing it. Um, I had not seen that in the investment books I was reading. So Barnes and Noble <laughs> didn't have any information on this. So I was very skeptical. Uh, of course, I shared it with my husband. And we started researching, we started looking into it. And we learned that, yes, this is actually the case. You can invest your retirement money in real estate. And in fact, many of the richest people 
here in the U.S. have done that and have grown their retirement accounts through real estate. So it kind of gave us that what the vision, what was possible. But of course, we didn't have the how. We didn't right. have the how. And so we had to take action. This is where I took action. I mean, it took a little bit of time. It wasn't a quick transformation story. And I signed up for a mastermind. Okay. I do have a question. You mentioned that your husband was risk averse, maybe still to this day. And you had learned about this creative acquisition approach in your own personal educational journey. How did that conversation go with your husband? How did you have the discussion with him? What research did you do in advance to help convince him that, yes, honey, this is legitimate? What, what Talk to us a little bit about how you prepped for that conversation and, and how that played out. Yeah. So I didn't know if it was legitimate. So I had just heard the information. I heard the story. It sounded so exciting. So I went ahead and just shared it with him. I just shared um, all of it with him and, and, and how incredible this sounded. And of course, I was skeptical, which was, I think, helpful because he knew that, you know, I had a very healthy level of, of skepticism about <laughs> about what I had heard. But it sounded really, really interesting. So we both together decided to go in and research it and find out about it. So I think that's what was helpful. I didn't have any more knowledge or information than him other than the story and kind of the vision. This is like what could be possible or what somebody had had, had been able to do. And I shared that with him. I shared the vision. I think it would have been difficult if I had all the strategies and I had all the information and I had to then come to him and sell him on it. But because I didn't, all I had was a vision. I went to him and just shared it. And we both, you know, looked it up. He went online and looked it up because at this point we had the internet and, <laughs> and there was a lot of information out there. And if you look it up, you will find a lot of information about how to invest in your retirement accounts, how to take on a retirement account and make it a self-directed account so that you could do this. And so we learned that it was possible. But again, the mechanics of how do you do it? How do you set it up? We didn't know any of that. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay. So you kind of partnered together and, and dug in as a team, hand in hand, arm in arm, book and book. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we do everything together. And I think that's what's really helpful because especially with creative strategies, it just seems so different, so mm -hmm. different than what, you know, we were used to, what we had learned. And again, you know, I had been a realtor at this point for over 10 years, right? I had, I, I had all this knowledge. We had done so many deals. Uh, we felt like we knew real estate and this is when we realized we knew nothing. <laughs> There's a, there was a whole different world that we didn't know existed. Well, and that's what I'm really excited about having this conversation today, because I would venture to say that there are people listening to us talk right now, and they're discovering the fact that there is a whole other world for the very first time. And I'm excited about you know, what I know that that you are working on to help bring education 
to those folks because acquiring real estate in a creative manner is not necessarily rocket science. You do need to learn the approaches and all the different strategies. And I will just share with our listeners, Maria, if you're okay with it, that I know that you have been working diligently on putting together educational resources. I know that I am very proud to be collaborating with you on that, but I'm really excited about people getting plugged into information that can be life-changing. I'm curious from your perspective, you know, how you feel like being able to acquire real estate in a creative fashion has impacted your ability to grow your portfolio. How has that changed your life? Yeah. I mean, we were stuck, you know, we were stuck in our growth pattern um, because we couldn't get access to additional financing. We got to the point where, you know, of course we were using our personal credit. We were going through traditional um, financing means and, and you max out. So for us to be able to find the strategy and be able to continue to grow was huge. I mean, it was what we were looking um, for, but also what it did is it taught us how to grow different types of accounts, meaning we were able to grow uh, for different goals. So it wasn't anymore just our goal of adding more rentals to our portfolio. It was okay, what about retirement? How do we grow our retirement funds? How do we grow the savings for our kids' college education? Those were the things that were important to us. We had health insurance, you know, since we're in the military, so that part wasn't that exciting to us. But for people that don't have health insurance or need, need additional funds in their health accounts, this is a great way to grow those accounts. So you don't have to be restricted to only growing based on the, 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 the market, you know, you could actually grow these accounts much, you know, faster through this strategy and, 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 and actually have money when your kids are ready to go to college have money when you're ready to 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 start your retirement. And that to us has been just really life changing. Because as you know, time matters. So starting these accounts early on is what truly matters. You can start accounts for your kids now, you know, if you have kids that are old enough to earn income, any kind of earned income. So as long as they're able to earn um, and they don't have to be 18. They don't have to be 16. They could be much younger than that as long as they're doing something. Maybe they're helping you in your short-term rental. Maybe they're cleaning. Maybe they're filing your paperwork. Maybe they're going with you and, and, and helping you know open the door, get clients in. They are working and they could be earning income. As long as they're earning income, they could have a, a, a retirement account. So you could set up a retirement account for them when they're little and they could be contributing money to, towards that account. And then you can grow that account with, uh, with real estate investing. And when they are at retirement age, I mean, that account, and you can only, even if you only did a few deals, even if you only did, you know, two, three deals in their whole lifetime, that account will be ready for them to retire on comfortably when when it when they're at that age, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a lot of activity. It only takes a few properties, a few deals, and you're set. 
I I love that. And I so wish that I knew this when my kids were young. So again, I'm excited about having this conversation. I'm curious what your kiddos thought about mom and dad putting them to work. What types of things did you have your kiddos do for you? And how how did they respond to the activity, shall we say? Yeah. So early on, so we have two girls <laughs> and early on, um, we did all the work on the properties ourselves. So we would paint the properties, we would clean the properties. And this is with our long-term portfolio, we would repair, you know, everything that needed to be repaired. I mean, we were there all the time working on our rental portfolio. So every day after work on weekends, we would be there. So when our kids were um, not in their activities, they were with us at the at the homes, and they were put to work. So yes, they were painting, they were cleaning, they didn't love it. <laughs> but they learned the skills. And we told them, I mean, you can do this someday, and you'll be able to to have your own property. And it's interesting now that they're getting older. And now they're both in college. And they're both really interested in it. They're starting to really turn around and and be really interested in real estate and what we do and and, and how it's done. And I think it's because of those um, foundations that we laid, you know, when they were little. And they also helped us with paperwork. You know, they helped us with filing. They helped us kind of organize the office, put labels on on the folders. What they're doing now is they're helping us with bookkeeping. They're helping us with internet marketing. So some of those skill set, I mean, they're wonderful at social media and they're able to help us with that and and earn income for that work. Mm -hmm. So as they get older, you could add more and more and and kind of change what they're doing. But as they're young, I mean, kids can clean, you know, kids can clean. They can be out there, you know, with 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 the broom right next to you. And they're learning skills, but they're also earning income. And what's exciting is that now they could take some of that income and understand that, hey, we're going to put a percentage of that income into your long term um, savings, which will be really for you. It will be an, a retirement account. It could be a, a college savings account. So we created two types of accounts for them. We created the uh, college savings account, which is the education savings account, self-directed. And we created a Roth IRA account where they could start contributing towards their retirement. But what's great about a Roth IRA, you can also use it for education. So it kind of doubles up as, hey, if you if you didn't save enough and you, they need some more money for college or hey maybe they went to you know decided to go to Harvard and you need you know to 10x the savings uh, goal hey you could you could now reach into this um this account as well so that's another option and so when you had your kids well you still have your kids helping you out but early on and as their roles have evolved how did you determine how much you were going to pay them? How did that play out for you? Yeah, so you really need to look at the standard rates. So you cannot pay them more or less than what you would pay somebody else for that work. So obviously for cleaning, you know, if you're if you're paying somebody $20 for cleaning or $15 for cleaning, you can't pay your children 50, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're younger, so we would always pay them a little bit less than what the comparable would be for like an adult doing that work. So, you know, you know, 
$10-$15 would be very much reasonable for 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 help with cleaning. You know, and is is they get older and, and do different things. I mean, bookkeeping obviously has a very different rate. So we're able to pay at a different rate, same as internet marketing. So just take a look at how much, you know, the standard rate is in the marketplace and, and keep it at that rate. Anytime you have, you know, proof of what that is, it's actually really helpful to kind of keep that in your records and have um, that information. So if you're ever questioned, hey, why did you pay this much? Well, this is how much how much I would have had to pay somebody else for that same that same work. Absolutely. Love it, love it, love it. And so I uh, again, without getting I, I feel like we could talk about this for like four days. So I, I want to be as abbreviated as possible, but still be able to share some, some insight for the for the listeners. I'm curious, if you don't mind, talk to us about the first property that you ever purchased in a creative way. How did that play out for you? What what type of property was it? How much did you buy it for? What was the value? All that kind of fun stuff. Give us the the scoop there. Yeah. So for us, the first property was a little bit more of an advanced strategy that we used because uh, what we what we learned, you know, when I went through the mastermind and learned all the different creative finance strategies, I knew I needed to focus on one at a time so that I could uh, learn the strategy know how to implement it before I moved on to another strategy. So the first one that I jumped into um, was was subject to, which is a, a difficult strategy, a little bit more complicated strategy. But for me at the time, it is what I needed because I didn't have a, a lot of funds to put into the deal. And I needed something with as little money in as, as I could. It took a lot of work. So with subject to you, usually have to find the deal. You have to find a person who is needing to sell the home and there is an, a situation that doesn't allow them to to sell it traditionally, to, to put it on the MLS, work with a realtor. They, they, they just need to get rid of that home and they need help to transition to the next stage of what they need in life. So for us, it was a a lady that had lost her husband. He had recently passed. It was an elderly uh, couple and she felt lost without him. She had been in the home without him for, at that point, I, I would say over a year, maybe close to two years. The home was in disrepair. She couldn't figure out how to, you know, do anything really, you know, other than, you know, live in the home. And she was sick herself. So she was always going back and forth to the hospital. She didn't have any family in town. So all her family was up north and she was down in Texas. So she was starting to feel very uncomfortable. She also financially was struggling uh, because now she wasn't receiving um, any income from from her husband's military retirement, because once once he passed, that was gone. And so she was really struggling to be able to keep up with that mortgage. So she fell behind. So she was at that point, at least eight months behind on payments. She would start, she would pay a little bit, you know, call them and come up with a plan and, and, and then kind of fall behind again. So that went on for a while. And 
at this point, she just knew that she just wanted to be done. She wanted to be done with this home. She wanted to move up north to be with her kids. And they wanted that for her, but she didn't know how to do that. She didn't have money to to rent, you know, a, a truck to move her furniture with her. She didn't even have a way to drive that long. Like she she still had a car, but was driving, you know, to the store, to the hospital. She wasn't comfortable driving this far. So she needed help to one, sell the home, make some money, and be able to to have someone figure out how she does this transition and how she gets the truck and how she moves. Um, so we helped her with all that. That's awesome. And I bet for her, it was like a weight was lifted off of her shoulders with you coming in to help. I'm totally putting words in her mouth, but was that kind of her reaction? Was she appreciative of your support? Yeah, that's exactly it. She was so excited to have a way out. She was so excited to be able to to have a solution to all the different problems she had because the house was one of the problems, but it wasn't the only problem. So she needed that house sold, but she also needed a way to get to her kids. She wanted to have money when she got to the kids so she wouldn't be a burden to them. And she wanted to be able to move all her furniture. So there were there were several issues that needed to be resolved. And she didn't want her kids to have to come down and, and deal with, with that and help her. I don't even think she reached out to let them know this was happening. She just wanted it solved, but she didn't want to be a burden to them. So what she needed is someone to come in and help her solve the issues so she would be with her kids and it would be seamless so her kids wouldn't even know what what all had happened and how difficult it was for her and understanding that it only happens when you talk to somebody when you actually talk to the seller and understand what is their situation what is the pain point what do they need because we can't we are not in their minds. We don't know what is happening. Obviously, we knew the house was one of the issues. She wasn't paying the mortgage. So that was clear cut. You know, she needed help to, to sell the house. Uh, but there was so much more in her life that she needed help with. And understanding all that and creating a solution for her is what convinced her to, to sell to us. And it was such a win-win situation because we got a, a home that we then made a, made into a beautiful home. And she was able to sell it and move up north to be with her kids and, you know, kind of spend the last years of her life with them. So so you truly could create win-win solutions with this creative real estate approach and and help people. And that's what really appeals to me because I am a I'm a caring person, I'm a servant at heart. And I want to see those solutions. I want to see people taken care of. I don't want to see people who, you know, their home is taken away and and now they don't know what to do. There are ways to to get both of it accomplished and have a beautiful home as a real estate investor, but also take care of the individual and take care of that seller and, and accomplish their goals as well. I love that. And I, you know, I love hearing you talk about that approach because I think so many people, when they think about 
creative financing or acquiring properties creatively or subject to or whatever strategy you're using, a lot of people, if they don't have the right heart, can use other people's challenges to their advantage, you know? And so I love that you are taking the complete opposite approach, that you are using it to help other people and creating creative win-win solutions. And I think that is a beautiful thing. So I just want to applaud you and and your heart and and having the desire to help other other folks. Yes, I agree 100%. It is so important to do this with the right goal in mind and to and, and really have the heart for people um, and, and be there to help people. And I think to be successful in this space, you have to do that. You, you have to help. And it, it just feels so good. It feels so good. You're doing, you're doing good for people. You're doing good for homes. It's kind of that combination of you leave people and homes better than you found them. I truly believe in that. I love remodeling homes. I love taking a really ugly house and making it shine really the best that it could possibly be. That just warms my heart. And then seeing the neighborhood be revitalized, it's 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 very, very special what we're able to do as real estate investors, but also being able to, to do that on the personal side and help people you know, we've helped people rebuild their credit because once you take over that loan and you start paying it on time and now they have a few years of on-time payments, well, guess what? Their credit score goes way up. So now they're able to, you know, have lower interest credit cards, get approved for car loans, the things that they were struggling with before. And it's based on the payment history that we create for them. So there's a lot of goodness that happens out of a subject to deal or really any creative finance deal if it's set up properly and if the investor implements it properly and and is really wanting to create that success for the seller. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. So I'm curious, that first house that you purchased I'm not going to ask you for the nitty gritty numbers, but would you mind sharing with us a little bit about what that property is worth today and how much equity you have in that property? Yeah. So when we purchase properties, you know, as a real estate investor, I'm always looking at at least um, 70% of the after repair value. So when I purchase the property, I already know I have at least 30% um, equity into the property. So we're starting strong. We're starting in a kind of strong position. And then over time is, you know, as it gets paid down and as we get, um, of course, appreciation, that only grows. So for us at this point, you know, the, you know, the, the, the mortgage, because we still have the mortgage on that property, we're still doing the subject to with the seller has gone down quite a bit. So I think we have maybe 50, 60,000 left on the mortgage. So we could pay it off any 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 time uh, we would like at this point. And the property is worth three hundred thousand at least at this point. So it has grown. You know, it's tripled in the. I think we've had it for 
you know, nine years, maybe it's really increased in value. We started from a position of strength. So if, for example, we needed to sell that property, we could have done that right away. Like we didn't have to hold it. We could have just fixed it up, remodeled it and sold it. And we would have made a lot of money because we had a lot of equity into that home already. But when you are able to keep the property, and this is what the subject to helps with now we are able to keep that property and for a very small investment because our investment was really just bringing her loan current we had to to pay everything that he she wasn't able to pay for all the fees bring it current and the money that she needed to make the move so that's all we had into the deal and you know now years later we have almost the paid off property and just think about like what one property can do. I mean, this is one property. Look at that, three hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Like if we sold it today, you know, our profit will be probably two fifty, right? I mean, how amazing is that on just one property? So imagine just doing doing a few properties and then just doing nothing after that. You're pretty much set, right? Amazing, amazing. And I was gonna say. Again, you are going to be diving into additional details on how to acquire properties creatively at our upcoming short-term rental virtual summit for women. Maria, I am excited about you teaching there. And and again, I'm excited about the upcoming education that we're collaborating on because I think that this is an area that can really change people's lives. Not only the real estate investors, but the the recipients of the help that uh, the real estate investors are providing. So I am super excited. And I just want to, again, applaud you for all that you're doing to help others. And I also want to say this. I want to applaud you for being a military wife, because I know that that is not for the faint of heart. You know, a lot of folks thank the folks that are in the military. And I do want to thank your husband for his service. Absolutely. But I think a lot of times the spouses kind of get left behind. So thank you for just being a military wife. I'm sure that could be a podcast episode in and of itself. <laughs> Thank you, Stacey. <laughs> yeah, it definitely show. could be a podcast episode in itself. And and it just reminds me of, I mean, this is how we got into short-term rentals in the first place. I We were, um, we were um, remodeling homes and rehabbing and, and reselling, so flipping homes. And uh, uh, we were working on a home um, here in Dayton uh, and of course, I, I think I told you we were doing all the work ourselves. So we were painting, we were fixing it up, all that was ourselves. And so my husband got deployed halfway through this project. And I knew that he would be gone for at least, you know, six to nine months. And my dilemma was, well, how do I finish this project? I didn't have the funds to hire a contractors at the time. So what I decided to do was split the house in half. So I split half of the house and finished it up myself. I had to to do everything plus furnish it plus, you know, do the, the curtain rods and all the stuff that he usually does. I was like, oh, I have to do this all by <laughs> myself. So I worked after work every day, weekends, lunch breaks. I was there and I got that done 
and and put it up on on Airbnb. This was this was my first short term rental. I wasn't sure if it was going to work. I didn't know it was in the best of neighborhoods. Plus, it was a partial house, like partial <laughs> like project. <laughs> so so I I divided it. I put a curtain up in in big signs like this is not you know don't go there. Um, <laughs> this is out of bounds. <laughs> So, uh, and I was very, you know, careful to explain to everybody what the situation was. You get, you know, half of the house. I mean, you had the bathroom, you had a kitchen, you had the bedroom and the living room. So all that you need, but the rest of the house was, um, was, was a work zone and people were respectful. They were great. It did phenomenal. And so all the money I would get through um, throughout that time from the, the Airbnb income that was coming in, I put into getting contractors to help me with some of the projects that I knew I couldn't do myself. So I was able to finish the house before my husband came back from deployment. And that house was all done. So when, when he got back, now I was I was uh, able to have the entire house as a short-term rental <laughs> and it was doing so well. Uh, but of course we were like, well, we definitely need to sell it. We need to move on. And I am so regretting selling that house because it was such a good short-term rental. But at the time it was an experiment. We didn't know that this would be, or it could be a long-term strategy or, or it could be a business, but I had so much fun with it because as my husband was deployed, I got to be the host. I got to be hospitable. I got to 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 help people. And as you know, I thrive on helping people. So when I see, you know, a good experience, I'm able to provide a good experience that just gives me so much joy. So that's, that's, that's the story of how we got into um, short-term rentals in the first place. That is a new one. I have not heard that before. How fun is that? Now I have to ask, was your husband, when he came home, was he like, Wow, Maria, you did awesome. Was he thinking you did all the work yourself or did you clue him in along the way? <laughs> oh yeah, I was keeping him informed the whole time as he was gone, letting him know what was happening. And he was giving me ideas and suggestions on how to fix things and how to do things. And, you know, I, I was painting the beans that we had the big, big beams in the back room that we were trying to finish. And I was trying to figure out how to get that, that resolved. And uh, lots of construction issues. And so he was with me the entire time from far away giving advice. So when he got back and actually got to see it all finished, he was so excited. So, but the only way we were able to do it was really by employing that short-term rental strategy and getting our guests to pay for that remodel. It was, it was, it was remarkable. It was such a, such a good shortcut and help for us. But if my husband hadn't deployed, I probably would have never come up with that because we would have finished the project ourselves. We would have sold it and I wouldn't have um, tried a short-term rental. I'll be darned. I love it. What a cool story. All right. I want to move into the lightning round and I'm going to ask you to answer these questions with the very first thing that comes to mind. First question, where is your favorite place to vacation? Well, that's an easy one, Stacey. It's Bulgaria. So I grew up in Bulgaria. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. It is one of the uh, most ancient um, civilizations. There's a lot of history, a lot to uncover, but beautiful beaches, great skiing, wonderful mountains, and just so much to learn and to explore the nature 
is is just so 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 beautiful in Bulgaria but also the history is there's just so much to learn so if you are planning a trip to Europe make sure make sure to to plan to go to Bulgaria amazing prices it's still a very affordable part of the world and just a lot to see and do I love that I love that okay what's one place you've never been that you want to visit Oh, you know what that is. It's Israel. We were supposed to be there this week. So my mom and I had planned a trip to Israel and Jordan for a very long time. It was uh, something she wanted to do. And she'd been talking about it and talking about it. And I finally said, Mom, plan the trip, get the tour scheduled for whatever date you need, and I will be there. So she finally did that, scheduled a tour uh, we were supposed to go with a group and be there this week. And as you know, just a couple weeks ago, the war broke out in Israel. And all I could say is just how thankful I am we're not there. <laughs> and that, you know, but how much I wish we had seen it. And we came so close to being able to see this uh, this area. And, and, and now we're not able to. So I'm focusing now on new dreams. I had a friend just reach <laughs> out uh, about a safari at the Serengeti for next summer. So I'm I would right. love to do that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. What's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting in the world of short-term rentals? Yeah, I wish I knew that short-term rentals could be a business. As you know, as I just shared, I kind of stumbled upon it and that was um, seven years ago. And I've been a super host for you know six years continuously now. Um, and now I know, of course, it's a business. But when I started it, I didn't know that. I didn't operate it as a business. It was really a hobby. Um, but how much further I could have been along if I had seen um, that this could truly be a long-term business? And, and that goes with everything. You know, just look at what you're doing and professionalize it. Really learn about what you're doing, employ strategies and and, and kind of run it not as a hobby. This is not a hobby. It really should be run as a business. I, I love that. And you know, you know this, I, I'm very passionate about helping people understand the importance of running a short-term rental as a business. Exactly what you just said. Because when you do apply business best practices, you can accelerate your growth and your profit margin from your short-term rentals. And it is not rocket science. However, that's one of the things I think I'm especially proud of with the STR Success Accelerator is just giving people the tools, right? And the resources to be able to run this business as a business. So I, I love that you said that. <laughs> Um, all right, next question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Well, so the, be the, the piece of advice that I use every single day is that everything is figureoutable. And it's so difficult sometimes when you're in the weeds of things and you're trying to figure it out and you're just not sure how. There's usually something you get stuck on and it's usually the little things. I remember, you know, working on a creative deal with you, Stacey, and I was stuck. I was stuck and you had called me and it was maybe a 60 second call that we had. And I was so stuck. And I was like, Stacey, 
I have called like 20 banks and nobody's willing to give me a loan for this. Like I am so stuck. And all you said is, well, did you call the, the, the bank, the last bank that you gave you the loan? And I was like, well, no, I didn't think they would extend me another loan. Like I already, you know, you, you know, use the loan there. And, and I was like, what? Like, I didn't do that. And I called, you know, right after we got off the phone and within two hours, I had the loan set up. They're like, how quickly do you need to close? I'm like, in two weeks. I'm like, they're like, yeah, we've got it. You know, we've got you. And, and this is how those little things, um, you just need people around you that you could share with and you really just even vocalizing and verbalizing it what you need the solutions are out there and sometimes i would even verbalize something on a call that we have together and i would just listen to myself and be like maria you know the answer to this you could figure this out this is so easy but because it was stuck you know i was stuck in my head it was in there i couldn't come up with the solution on my own so everything is figure outable it is you just got to take action. You got to move and just get it done. I love it. You know, the one thing that I have discovered about myself and it, you just mentioned something and I'll just reiterate how important I think it is to have people around that you can talk to. Because for me, it's very easy. And I think for many people in this industry, it's very easy to feel like you're operating on an island because, you know, you've got your computer, you've got your phone, you've got your guests that you're communicating to through the platform. But it can be very um, easy to feel as though you don't have anybody to talk to. And I think I am the type of person that, to your point, just having discussion, just putting conversation in place and talking through things with other people is incredibly helpful just to get clarity. It may not be that that other person is providing a huge piece of advice or a huge win, but just being able to verbalize certain things can be incredibly helpful. And so I just want to encourage anyone, if you don't have someone in your life that you can do that with. Some people do that with their spouses or their business besties. You know, if you don't have someone to do that, call Maria, call me, we'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's such a lonely business. You know, when you're in the weed of things and you're you're doing the thing and you're in your daily grind, it you're so alone. You feel so alone. So having a community around you, having people to share this with just makes it fun. So do that. Make sure you're, you're having fun as you are working in your business. Make it make it fun. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, last question. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? So I'm super grateful for my husband because he puts up with my crazy. I mean, <laughs> I, I think as I told you some of the things that I have done, you know, like buying a house just to help a friend out or if, 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 uh, to sell and then a, a family to come in. I, I, I keep doing that. Like that is my personality. I'm always coming up with ways to solve problems. And, you know, for him, he's just always dealing with these new ideas that are kind of out there and he's very risk averse. So 
trying to bring me down to like a normal level of, <laughs> of, of, of risk. And I'm so thankful that he's been, been able to put up with that, but also that he's embraced it and he's learned to, to actually help me channel that energy into a very, very productive way. So I'm very, very helpful, uh, very thankful for him. And Stacey, I'm also very thankful for you because you have literally been my inspiration since day one. My goal was to, you know, be able to do this full time. And, and I think I met you or really heard about you three years ago in the midst of COVID. And I started just listening to you every morning. So as I was doing my walk with the dogs and, and listening, I was always like, okay, where's Stacey speaking now? So I could hear, you know, her voice and, and, and motivate me to just keep going. So I think that's so powerful. Just like what you said, have that community, have that mentor in your ear that is always cheering you on and helping you along. That just is, is, is such a helpful thing. And Stacy, I've got to thank you because when I set my goal to do this full time, it only took me eight months to get it accomplished. I had been doing this, as you can see, for 20 plus years. When I set my goal, it only took eight months because I was focused. I was intentional and I had the inspiration of from others like you who, who have been able to do it. Ah, uh, girl, I want to give you a big hug right now. And we're not in the same room, so I can't. But I'm giving you big virtual hugs because that warms my heart and gives me chills. And I hope that, you know, anyone who's listening, it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be Maria. But get someone around you that can be a source of inspiration and your life can change. Absolutely. Maria did it. I did it. You can do it too. And Maria, I, you know, you probably don't know this, but I thank you, you know, for your advice. We're on calls every week together. You are a very active member inside of our STR Success Accelerator community. Also a very prominent member of our Achievers Club, Elite Mastermind, and you feed me. So I'm just going to reciprocate and let you know how much I appreciate you and your words of wisdom and your extreme intelligence and knowledge and creativity. I'm, I'm just going to say we're in a mutual admiration society. Oh, I love that, Stacey. Thank you so much. I, I do want to hug you too now. <laughs> Okay. Speaking of the Achievers Club, I want to ask you one question about that because something that we do every week inside the Achievers Club, which sometimes I think is a little difficult, but every week someone presents a transformation presentation. And I've shared that I think the more that we do them, the harder and harder that they get. I'm curious from your perspective, what you've learned about yourself from having to give those transformation presentations? Yeah, they're so difficult, Stacey. They're so <laughs> difficult. But confidence, really, it has built up my confidence. Because as you go through life, it's rare that you stop and reflect on what you have achieved. It is rare that you go back and analyze how you handled difficult situations and how you overcame them and what you learned from those situations. So as we're going back and thinking through some of these experiences, 
we're just seeing how strong we are coming out of them. And so my confidence has really been built up based on those transformational stories. And every time I look back, I'm like, well, look at this story and then look at this story and then hearing everybody else's story and being like, oh my gosh, like it sounds like an insurmountable situation, but they got through it. So just like I said, everything is figure outable. You just got to keep with it and you will get through anything. Even the biggest challenges that are put in front of you, you will get through it. Just take it one day at a time, one step at a time, break it down and and, and you will be one day looking on the other end and sharing your transformational story and building up your self-confidence. Oh, so good. So good. Maria, thank you so much for being with us. I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing. If anyone is interested in learning more about you, where is the best place for them to find you online? Yeah, I have a website, mariareath.com, and um, I am on Facebook and Instagram. I'm definitely a Facebook girl, so if you you need uh, an immediate response, uh, message me on Facebook. I love it. Maria, thanks so much for all you do and for being with us today. Thank you, Stacey. Now, before you go, I want to give a huge shout out to the amazing women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just a couple of hours ago, as of the day of this recording, we had Kate Weinstein post. She says, luggage racks versus benches. I've been using luggage racks for guests to put their luggage on, but they aren't the most aesthetically pleasing. Does anyone use benches instead of luggage racks? Do they work just as well or are they not wide enough? And if you do prefer benches, links or picks appreciated. And we have ladies that are chiming in saying, I love my benches. And other ladies chiming in like Julie Duggar. She says, I love both benches at the ends of the beds for sitting, putting on shoes, etc., and folding luggage racks in the closet for luggage. So basically, after two hours and multiple comments, the verdict is still out. It seems as if we've got some fans for benches, some fans for luggage racks, and some fans for both. So I kind of feel like we're going to need an ongoing ticker for this. (laughs) All right. So if you want to see how the votes are playing out, actually, it's not officially a vote, but just hop into the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group and check out all the amazingness inside of there. And with that, I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. Have I said amazing enough? That's what I want to know. I love the word amazing. And if you can't tell, I say it all the time. So (laughs) I hope you have a fabulous week. How's that? I hope you have a fabulous week and I will see you very, very soon. Also, don't forget tickets are now on sale for the short-term rental virtual summit for women. Ladies, you have got to grab your ticket. Just go to strvirtualsummit.com and get in on all the goodness. Before November 30th, you're getting $100 off your ticket price. So go ahead and grab that early bird ticket right now. And I will see you there. Hey, sister. Thanks for listening to the podcast. 
I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.